I open my eyes and I see a world. As a child, I did so gradually. As an adult, I do so every morning. Daily, I do things that are common. Daily, I marvel at all we take as common. This world, it didn't have to be. This world, why is it so? Only two ways of knowing offer total solutions. Science, the more recent and more certain way. Religion, the more ancient and more controversial way. Science and religion, each pursues big truth. Why then do they think so differently? I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and Closer to Truth is my long journey to find out. I was educated in science, so I know how scientists think. I've always been interested in theology, but I'm still mystified how theologians think. I hear of a gathering of science-savvy theologians in Copenhagen. I'll seek some science and religion experts, check out how they think. I'm toting skeptical baggage. I begin with the co-director of the Center for Naturalism and Christian Semantics at the University of Copenhagen. He's a pastor at Trinity Church, Niels Henrik Gregersen. Niels, I was trained in science and all my life I've been fascinated with religion, theology, does God exist? But I find these ideas at war, conflicting, battling in my own brain. Help me to understand the methodology in science versus religion. Well, first of all, I don't think they need to be at war because that, that presupposes that, that science actually wants to explain everything and that religion also wants to explain everything. And then they are just happen to be in contrast with, with one another. What I take to be very important about science, also as a spiritual quest, is its sense of the analytical confinement. You are wanting to solve this problem, not all the world's metaphysical problems. So the method is analytical. Whereas in, in religion, it's more about, it's more synthetic. It's about how do all things hang together, including actually the findings of science. So in that sense, you're having religion be a broader concept of which science is a subset. I know a lot of my scientific friends would take issue with that. They will, and, and they actually should, because from another perspective, then religion is just a small part of life just like science is a part, small part of life. But if we think more about what are the kinds of questions that are posed, okay. then you can say, well, physics. Physics is actually worldwide and very, very universal, but it's also very thin. It actually asks about very, very general things about the, the general ma matter. It doesn't, it's not interested in what we are talking about, you and me, right now. Well, theoretically, hypothetically, in principle, if you knew everything about physics, you may be able to explain everything about everything. That is true. That has been one very important uh, idea in physics, that of determinism. But I think, actually, that it is a program that actually has not been able to, to, to show its success. They say they can, but they can't. 
But science makes progress. You can know for sure that you're advancing. Religion doesn't do that, does it? I think that you're right, that this is one of the differences, that you have a sort of, of tested experiments behind sciences, and you only have the experience, uh, experience of daily life experience in religion. Does that give you less confidence in religion? Um, personally, actually not, I would say, but it will mean that I will always have to think about whether my own religious experiences and the, the culture in which that has informed me, which happens to be the Christian culture, whether this actually is, involves many misguided steps. So you need to have a very self-critical element in your way of being a religious person today. I mean, many say, want to say, I don't want to be religious, I want to be spiritual. The experiments of science versus the experience of religion. Niels has no less confidence in religion, but as a believer, he feels an extra burden to be self-critical. Religion claims to cut a wider path than does science, but the religious road I see is dusty and fuzzy, so that one must walk by faith and hope that where the religious road may lead is where one wants to go. In science, while the path ahead can be obscure, one walks by facts, assured that if a result can be repeated, it is most likely true. What does this mean for science and religion? No equality and scant parallelism. Some scholars disagree. I meet the distinguished professor of philosophy, winner of the Templeton Prize, Holmes Ralston III. Science is good at certain kinds of things, at, at empirical discoveries. It has vastly illuminated us about the age and extent of the universe about the richness of life on Earth. At the same time, science does not deal with the deepest of value issues. Oh, traditionally, many philosophers have said that science doesn't touch values at all. There's an ancient distinction between is and ought, uh, between facts and values. But when it comes to the deeper meaning of life, it seems to me that science has uh, not got the capacity to address these kinds of issues. And religion can. So I think science needs complementing by religion. Einstein once said that uh, science without religion is lame, for example. After 400 years of science, the value problems are as sharp and as painful as they've ever been. But the counter-argument is that many of those problems are caused by religion, not helped by religion. And the fact that science has an objectivity that is viewed by different cultures, different religions, as truthful, whereas religions have great conflict among them, so science has a, a universality about it, whereas religion seems to have just the reverse and, and seems to, to 
push people apart. You're quite right that religion can be a part of the problem, and the religious people over the centuries have worried as much as anybody else about the misuse of religion. So in that sense, it's a perennial challenge to separate the good and the bad in religion. I concede that. On the other hand, if you're looking for places to find uh, meaning in life at deeper levels, you're going to have to think in some sense, I think, uh, as it were, religiously. So I think the dialogue between science and religion is as vital as it's ever been, and the future of life on Earth depends on it. Science cannot address all the problems of the world, I agree. But it does not follow that religion can. What is Holmes' claim? That religion can provide a parallel path to science, accessing kinds of truths that science can never reach? But how? What gives religion, supposedly, such powers? What does religion have, which, say, astrology and ESP do not have? I need to bore deeper into the foundations of religious and scientific ways of thinking, compare and contrast them. I speak with a research theologian trained as a biochemist. He focuses on God and evolution, and he is also a poet. Chris Southgate. Chris, I was trained in science. I've been interested in religion my entire life, and yet I feel these two ways of thinking are like battling in my own brain. I think uh, as one who also has, was trained in science and for the last uh, 30 years or so has explored uh, religious concepts and a religiously informed life, that science is so successful because it sets itself very limited, specific, precise tasks and questions. But science should never fool itself that its description of everything about the world or everything about life. Uh, I think that's the first thing to say. I think the first thing to say about the religious view is that it's always a response. It's always the response of worship and prayer and reflection on what God has done and is doing for the world. The argument from science, of course, is that the reason they, are, they, they have a restricted view is because that's the only way you can discern truth. You want to speculate whether this art is good art or uh, this spirit exists or not. You can do whatever you want, but you will make no progress as to what is absolutely sure. Well, uh, good science is never absolutely sure about things because it recognizes the provisionality of its conclusions. So science is not about the acquisition of absolute truth in the way that you were describing, but it, uh, it is the method by which scientists acquire greater scientific confidence on scientific questions. However, there are all sorts of aspects of life which uh, go beyond the uh, purview of science and uh, 
uh, part of my own work is as a poet and I can learn things about the natural world by contemplating them as a poet, um, which I could never learn simply from scientific inquiry. Are those kinds of things objective? The thing about science, even though you do not get absolute truth that may not change, is that at any given one time, you can have almost universal agreement that that's the best thing at the time. I think science is indeed a remarkably cross-cultural activity, but that's not the whole story by any means. And if you believe in a personal God who relates personally to individuals, uh, then personal responses, which are not necessarily objective or reproducible, remain a very important part of what life is. But on any question in religion, people in different cultures have very different views. Shouldn't this send out warning signs that there's something wrong with religion? I think the um, diversity of religious views and experience is a big challenge to those of us like myself who want to say that uh, a particular revelation of God in Christ and in Christianity uh, has powerful truth claims to make about the world, for sure. Um, and the diversity of religious experience tends to suggest to me that the whole project of God with the world is at rather an early stage, and that it, that it may be many thousands of, of years before religious experience and reflection coheres more. Scientists would say that in those many thousands of years, perhaps religion would disappear. Opinion is interestingly divided among scientific atheists as to whether religion is a dreadful corruption of life that ought to disappear, or whether actually it is the great uh, force that might be able to change human beings towards more positive ways of living and is actually our only hope for getting us out of the mess we're in. But even those who take the latter view are using religion as a gimmick uh, to, uh, to make people do things that they should do anyway, as opposed to some fundamental relationship to some big reality. Yes, so I think that there's a distinction between uh, those scientists who are atheists and, and think that only one level of explanation gives you reality, and, and those people like myself who want to say that for any given uh, aspect of life in the cosmos, uh, one can give both a scientific and a religious and perhaps also an artistic or poetic account. If I look at the cross-cultural differences between how science is accepted and how religions are diverse, it would give me great confidence in science and great concern about religion. Well, that might be. But the religious search is a far, far more difficult and profound thing even than science. And 
I think if that's recognized on both sides, then there can be mutual respect in the search for truth. Chris frames the science-religion encounter by the limitations of science. But the essence of the encounter, as I see it, is not so much what science cannot do as what religion can do. I push this point. What can religion actually do that rational folks can accept with confidence? Still in Denmark, I ask a professor of theology at Notre Dame who focuses on biology and evolution, Celia Dion Drummond. One of the struggles I had as a scientist was how can I bring my understanding of God, my understanding of theology, to the same kind of level as my understanding of science? Um, and so that was the beginning of the quest, as it were, to, to reach some sort of dialogue or, or interaction between the two. I felt I had to bring the level up. Now, as a scientist, I was fascinated by the natural world and how it worked, but I saw that as pointing to the work of a creator. So there was never, if you like, a sense of the two being in conflict. What was in conflict to me, or what was a gap, was more the ethical questions that tended to be missed out by scientists. But I still think that the training of scientists tend to be very narrow. It's narrow towards a particular goal, the goal of discovery. Um, and the goal of, of research, rather than necessarily goals of human responsibility and accountability. You talked about trying to bring your mm -hmm. level of uh, theological understanding into this, at the, up to the same level as your scientific confidence, but isn't that an impossible task because uh, you see extreme differences among different uh, cultures mm -hmm. and ethnic groups and religious groups, obviously. Mm -hmm. Those gaps never close, where in science they always close. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a fundamental difference? There are groups of scientists that disagree with one another quite profoundly. Um, and that there are tensions within science as well as outside science. But the difference is in science that those disagreements almost always come to agreement at some point, but you don't have that in religion. The divergencies within religion are actually not maybe as extreme now as they were even 50 years ago. For example, in the Catholic tradition, it used to be said that the Catholic Church is the way to God and there's no other way. But gradually over time, they've started to say, well, other religious traditions have important insights. So I would say that the trajectory of religion is much, much slower than anything to do with science. It takes centuries for things to change. In science, everything seems to happen very quickly. And so we can see things converging almost instantaneously. But I would say that the, the disputes and the disagreements in, in religion may well eventually converge. Um, I don't think we'll end up with a common religious understanding, but there will be a mutual respect for differences. But the differences, and it's fundamental, is that science will resolve those differences to where everyone in the mainstream will agree, even after the great disputes. Whereas religion, what you're saying in the optimum case, is an appreciation for the other view, but never a, con a real convergence. Some people may try and converge the religious traditions, but I don't think that will be very satisfying. And that's the difference, perhaps, between science and, and relig religious traditions, because the religious traditions gain their 
um, power through their distinctiveness, right. whereas the scientific traditions right. try to come to a, a single sense of the truth. Religious traditions are looking at God, and God is a mystery, and God isn't something you can analyze like a factual event, whereas the, the scientific traditions are looking at the created world, which has its own concreteness, whereas God isn't concrete in the same kind of way. Fair comment. The object of religious concern, a transcendent being, cannot be subject to scientific analysis. Because a transcendent being, by definition, transcends the physical world, which is the only domain of science. The danger, of course, is that religion becomes a self-consistent, self-insulating system that is impossible to refute. Have multiple believers dulled my powers of discernment? I feel intellectually claustrophobic. I need to breathe some fresh air, figuratively speaking. So, literally speaking, I go to London to meet the atheistic philosopher, Anthony A.C. Grayling. I ask him whether science and religion can live safely side by side, each ruling its own world. I think that argument that uh, you can build a, a wall between religious belief and scientific practice and outlook is, is uh, um, um, if I'm going to be controversial about this, I think it's a dishonest argument in a way, uh, because what it invites people to do is to apply different criteria to the, the kind of thinking they apply in these two different ways. One thing which is crucial to science is that thought and investigation should be deeply responsible, that you should look at the evidence, that you should go with the reason, that you don't have preconceived ideas about where you're going to arrive at, and that the ethics of rationality demand of you that you accept uh, the, the, the argument if it's really convincing. It also, of course, demands of you that you recognize that all our human endeavors are defeasible, and we might be wrong, and that if other evidence comes along which is better or different, that you change your mind. Your ordinary religious believer is asked by the religion to be um, a believer, to have faith, to accept the principal doctrines. People are not to question, they're to believe, they're to accept. Islam means submission. The great sin in Christianity is pride, that is thinking you can stand on your own feet. Even though individual scientists might become wedded to crazy ideas about the efficacy of vitamin C or whatever it might be, <laughs> nevertheless, science itself as an enterprise has this powerfully self-correcting character to it. And that uh, all the eccentricities and vagaries of individual scientists do come out in the wash because of this process, this thing which is the scientific method. And the, that's really rather different. Whatever theologians may think, and however much doubt an archbishop might have about the principles of faith, he doesn't want his flock to have them. And this is a contrast, the idea of faith versus the open-ended, defeasible, um, I have to go with the, with the objective facts demand that science makes. I, I, I struggle with the, the internal consistency of applying the scientific argument to things that are, by their own claim, non-physical. 
Well, it may very well be that, that uh, um, the religious lobby could argue that scientific approaches and scientific tests, the test tube approach, is not applicable to religion because it deals with a kind of reality and a kind of experience which is very different. But I don't think that that exonerates uh, religion from other kinds of scrutiny. The scrutiny, for example, of reason, of comparative religious sure, study. Sure. Karl Popper once said that something that explains everything, something which is robust to all scepticism and all tests, in the end explains nothing. Science cannot solve all humanity's problems. Everyone knows this. But it does not follow that religion can solve any of humanity's problems. Apportioning the world into spheres of science and realms of religion is to create a false dichotomy. Granted, science cannot judge values and meaning, but this does not mean that religion can. The truth or falsity of religion must stand or fall on its own merits. Science and religion think differently. Certainly they do. But rather than comparing one with the other, each should be assessed in its own light. Science works, that's for sure. And religion? The ultimate test is not whether religion's contributions are net positive or net negative, but rather whether religion's claim of transcendent being is true or false. In other words, does any ultimate reality exist beyond the expanding reach of science? I hope that religion, any kind of religion, can pass this test. But hope erodes reason as I struggle to get closer to truth. To watch complete conversations with over 100 of the world's leading thinkers on cosmos, consciousness, and meaning, visit our website, closertotruth.com.